We're a little over a month away before the start of the 2022 football schedule for the Louisville Cardinals. We're going to break down a special schedule episode on today's show. Stay tuned. You are Locked On Louisville, your daily podcast on the Louisville Cardinals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, everyone? Welcome into another episode of the Locked On Louisville Podcast. As, as always, I'm your host, Dalton Pence, joined with me today for his second appearance on the show, my good friend, the co-founder of the State of Louisville and co-host of From the Pink Seats Podcast, Jacob Lane. Jacob, what's going on, man? Uh, what's up, man? It's so good to be here. Glad to, to get to catch up with you, man. I apologize um, just before we get started that I look like the Hamburglar. I don't know what's going on with the camera here and the lighting, but I've got these mysterious goggles that have been formed by terrible lighting. Uh, so your audience, which, you know, I hope they won't they won't tear apart my backdrop or, you know, but the way that my can't, weird can't light is hitting won't. me. But, <laughs> but I just want to apologize oh, on uh, the behalf of this setup here. But, hey, I'm but, glad to be here. Glad to talk football, man. The thing about it is it can't get any worse from the first episode. We were both having Internet issues. I yeah. recorded literally in my living room with AirPods in. Uh, regardless, um, I wanted to bring you on to today's episode to kind of talk a little bit more about the schedule. I know over the past couple months we've had different uh, show episodes to where we've kind of talked a little bit about the schedule. I want to change it up a little bit. I want to mainly focus a little bit on the conference schedule at first, talking about the uh, toughest games on the schedule conference-wise, um, what you believe are the um, for-sure wins or the closest thing to for-sure wins in the conference slate, and then we'll open it up for the whole schedule and talk about the uh, the biggest possible trip-up game. So let's get right on into it. I guess we'll start out uh, – we'll kind of flip-flop it. We'll start with the easiest games on the schedule. Um, there, there's no secret that a lot of people, if you're asking them what they're expecting from, from this season, they're, a lot of people kind of have the, the number seven in their mind, and a lot of people are kind of thinking seven and five. Um, anything less than that, you're getting a little questionable, uh, but obviously more than that is kind of icing on the cake. Yeah. Yes, Louisville, according to some places, has a top 10 schedule in, in college football, but there are yeah. some decently favorable ACC games. When you look at this you know, schedule slate, Jacob, for the conference, what are some of the, the easiest um, conference games or closest for sure wins that you have? Yeah, it's it's crazy. I think when the schedule first came out, I looked at it and I, I felt overall pretty good about where Louisville was, who they were playing, when they were playing them. And, and I still feel really good about Louisville being able to get to that seven win mark that you talked about there. Hopefully eight, nine is more of what we're talking about, you know, by the end of the season. But uh, the schedule is tough. And, and I think there's no games that are, you know, surefire slam dunks uh, outside of the Syracuse game. That's the game I feel like everybody feels the most confident in. Uh, they're a team that they couldn't throw the football last year. And Louisville has got a defense that, uh, you know, was pretty stout against the run. Obviously, last year against Syracuse, they kind of flexed that muscle. Uh, but I expect them to, to do the same there. You'll get a real good test early on of what that run defense will be like. You know, they've got a couple of different players that are either coming in, coming back. So you're, you're looking for chemistry and how they'll kind of, uh, you know, gel together. But overall, I feel like the matchup with Syracuse is the one you got to feel the most confident with. And then I think there's a couple of games after that. Florida State, D.C., I think Pitt kind of has moved into that that territory now without Jordan Addison uh, and questions of what Slovis will be at the quarterback position overall. Obviously, you think he'll be a nice fit there, but uh, I think you feel most confident in those games. But even still, you can find a reason 
why each team could be a challenge for Louisville. You talk about Phil Jerkovich coming back for Boston College. I'm a big fan of his. I think he's one of the most underrated players in the country. Uh, you're talking about Virginia having a, a, a you know a really good offense with Brandon Armstrong, Tony Elliott stepping over from Clemson, and then you've got Florida State, which you know you would think at some point they're going to get things going there. Jordan Travis is. Uh, still in, at the quarterback spot there, you've got a, an improved offensive line. And so it's like, you know, in each one of these games, you can find a reason why maybe Louisville won't be able to pick up a W. But you've got to feel confident with Syracuse, Boston College, uh, and Florida State kind of being at the top there. Uh, and then, you know, Virginia, Pitt, maybe I, I don't want to throw in some of those bigger tiered opponents. I, I feel pretty good that Louisville will compete in those games. But I think you kind of cap it right there in the games that you're the most confident in, at least from my perspective. I think from an overall standpoint, and maybe um, this might be how you feel as well, kind of you know judging based upon how you talked about in, in that last uh, couple sentences. I don't look at this Louisville schedule and look at any one game as a surefire loss this year. I think that um, ACC level, you know, you talk about yes, Wake Forest, uh, NC State, going to be very tough teams. We'll talk about those teams in the next segment, but I mean, this Louisville team last year. Look at what they did. I mean, NC State, they were leading going into the fourth quarter. Wake right. Forest, they had a late lead. They should have, arguably, if it wasn't for the phantom field going a couple, you know, instances where they were shooting themselves in the foot. Who knows? Um, but I want to kind of break down that, excuse me, that opening matchup against Syracuse. Louisville, according to a couple of different sites, only a three-point favorite. Yeah. So I think that that's very um, kind of rich compared, considering the fact that the I mean, ever since, you know, if you throw 2018 out of the window, the Cardinals just have not had much trouble with the Orange at all. Um, if, if you ask people, yeah, the Syracuse game is probably the most winnable game, do you look at this first game as, you know, more so a, a Louisville blowout victory? Or do you do you still kind of get the feeling that, you know, early on, maybe Syracuse is still kind of riding high, you know, out of the offseason? What's kind of your overall thoughts on this? How much trouble do you think the Cardinals are going to have against Dino Babers? Yeah, it's really interesting. I mean, they're a team that theoretically should be much improved. And obviously the, the bar is kind of low considering the season that they've had last year and then years before. Um, but you would think that they're going to be improved enough to be able to compete. So from a Louisville standpoint, you want to, uh, you know, kind of judge how good that pass defense is going to be. Garrett Trader, like I mentioned, is more of a run first quarterback. You've got uh, Tucker, the running back, who should be, you know, all conference this year in terms of, of uh, skill level and overall production. But still, you should be able to kind of get an idea of whether that that pass defense is going to hold. Right. You shouldn't see any big plays, any big slip ups. It should be kind of business as usual, taking advantage of the fact that they're a much more skilled position group or you know overall than Syracuse is in my opinion as an offense so I think you're kind of getting a measuring stick of what Louisville should be now is it going to be 24 31 points it really just depends on how Louisville's gelling right if they come out firing which this team has all the pieces in place to do so I mean I, I think we both agree that you could talk about a team that could score 40 on any given night and right. if the defense is what it's supposed to be held you know can hold opponents under 20 under 25 so at that point, you're really talking about getting into, you know, how much can you pile on? But again, it all comes down to chemistry, how they're gelling together in that first game. You know, emotions are really high when you're trying to get back into the swing of a football season. You're welcoming new pieces and guys are getting settled. 
there's nerves, all those things, right? All those are going to be at play here. But from a, a, an X and O standpoint, it should be how well can Louisville execute against a team that you pretty much know that they're going to try to run the football as much of the, as they can and then hit you on some of those big play, play action down the field. We saw them attempt to kind of set those up last year, and Louisville really did a good job of, of – uh, not allowing it. So I expect much of the same. Uh, they should be improved as an offense overall, but Louisville should be much improved as a defense. And if you're having issues with Syracuse week one, well, you know, I'm not saying ring the alarm that you got a problem, but you've got a, a couple of offenses that are going to be following up behind that are going to be much more uh, explosive with much more uh, from a skill position standpoint to kind of take advantage of any weakness that Syracuse exposes. So overall, I think it should be Louisville wins by 17 plus 14 plus. I, I really have no qualms saying that, but uh, again, it's all about how they kind of come out and play together. Are they, are they rocking and rolling or is it like a game like Alabama in 2018 where uh, obviously the score of that game, you don't want it to be like that against Syracuse, but you're talking about Louisville fumbling a football early on, dropping passes on third down. We've seen Louisville from an execution standpoint in games at the beginning of the season be pretty garbage, you know, from year to year, no matter who the head coach is. Uh, so if they can avoid stuff like that and show the, the kind of veteran uh, side of their team, which they are stacked from top to bottom with seniors, red shirt, red shirt seniors. I feel good that Louisville should be able to take advantage of that, that, uh, that, you know, average Syracuse opponent in week one. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned it. If, if Louisville struggles mightily with Syracuse week one, I'm not ready to throw in the towel, but it, it does okay. kind of raise some questions because I mean, yeah, maybe the first part of the schedule is the easier of the two still not all that easy hence kind of why people a lot of people have you know the cardinals in the top 10 in terms of strength of schedule um it, it, there's kind of a group of three that i'm looking at florida state boston college and um, virginia i guess it's just because it's florida state and i know that they have the talent i, I guess every time we play them i feel like they're going to put that together on the field they really haven't done so that much uh, I, I think I feel pretty decently with Florida State especially if Louisville comes into this matchup 2-0 and in their first home game um, on on that Friday night at Cardinal Stadium on the 17th or the 16th whichever one it is yep 17th um, I think I feel a little bit better going up against Virginia considering the fact that their defense was horrible last year first year head coach yeah. Their whole offensive line is gone. I don't care the fact that they brought Brendan Armstrong back. If you can't learn from your mistakes from last year for the Louisville Cardinals, I think that there's an issue. But, um, uh, yeah, I think that Virginia is a very winnable game. Uh, same with Boston College, same with Pittsburgh. But, I mean, Syracuse is kind of circled as that, okay, this should be, quote-unquote, the gimme of the ACC right. schedule if there is one. But you kind of flip it, the argument on its head and, and you realize there's a lot of tough games. A yeah. lot of tough games, and I want to yeah. kind of talk. I want to pick your brain here in just a second as to what the the toughest game or two is, in your opinion. We'll do that here in just a second after we talk about our friends over at Built Bar. Um, if you haven't tried Built Bar Puffs yet, you are depriving yourselves of one of life's greatest joys. And guess what? There's a new flavor. It is um, indulgent cookie dough covered in chocolate. That's right. Built has done it again. Uh, for those who don't know, uh, Puffs are the protein infused marshmallow that tastes like a candy bar. All their products are covered in 100% real chocolate. The cookie dough chunk puffs um, have all the healthy benefits of a protein bar, but taste miles better. You can go to built.com and snag a box for you. Uh, check out the macros chart. Once again, that's built.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your order. Once again, promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. 
Moving right along in the second segment with my good friend Jacob Lane, uh, co-founder of the State of Louisville.com and uh, the co-host of From the Pink Seas podcast, which you haven't checked it out. Um, him and Matt McGavick and Vince Lococo do a hell of a job, and they have a seemingly a revolving door. Uh, of there's some big time guests. I know they had Amani Spence on recently talking about his, um, you know, his role in uh, keeping Lamar Jackson right for the Ravens. They've had Scott Satterfield on, so on and so forth. So be sure to check that out. Uh, Jacob, moving right right along in schedule talk, um, ACC is going to be a little interesting this year. Um, it, it's hard to kind of tell who's going to be all that great, but we, we kind of have an idea. Clemson's supposed to be good again. Wake Forest is supposed to be up there. NC State is the team that scares me the most personally, but it is at home. When you look at the schedule, what would you say is the toughest game conference-wise for the Cardinals? That's a great question. I mean, you really could, like I was kind of talking about before, find a reason to justify any one of those big games on the schedule uh, for Louisville. But for me personally, the game that I have circled is Clemson, and here's why. <clears throat> Excuse me. I think last year uh, it shocked a lot of people how Louisville was able to kind of control the line of scrimmage against Clemson uh, for the majority of that game. I'm talking about to where it looked like you were watching a completely different team on both sides of the football. Oh, yeah. right? Clemson, you're wondering what in the world is going on to where uh, a team like Louisville, who's traditionally undersized at the offensive line and defensive line positions, is able to get so much movement uh, and whether it's getting into the backfield or on the offensive line, being able to create running lanes for the for the guys like Jalen Mitchell. And that was really encouraging to me. Obviously, it came down to the wire there. Louisville uh, just couldn't execute on that late fourth down play uh, it would, on their own goal line. And, and you hope that in those situations that they're able to learn from failure more than anything. Uh, and so for, for me, it's guys like Malik Cunningham. It's guys like Yasir Abdullah, Caleb Chandler, the guys who were in that game who were right there on the edge of being able to take down Clemson for the first time uh, since Louisville joined the ACC. And I think for me, Clemson has improved this offseason. Clemson, Clemson will be better than what they were last year, which was no slouch at all. What, they won 10 games last year, whatever it was. In, which is wild because wonder. they didn't even really <laughs> seem that good. No, no. I mean, it, it wasn't Clemson of, of uh, you know, years past, right? It wasn't this unbeatable Goliath uh, that, you know, just so happened to be in your conference that you were uh, unfortunate enough to take a drumming from every single year. But even in those years where Louisville played against Clemson in the, uh, in the first couple of seasons against Scott Satterfield, they did things in those games against Clemson that were encouraging. Obviously, they got their, their you know, butts kicked, and in the end, it was an L, and you take away that it was an L, and you didn't beat Clemson. But they were in games early. They made plays. They made mistakes that kind of took them out of contention earlier than they needed to. Uh, and so last year, it was kind of the culmination of being – you know, a very good football team, in my opinion, who just wasn't quite ready to win in that big moment. And so for me, it's it's this year for Clemson. What what do you do to come back and show that that wasn't a fluke, right? Is this a game that you can legitimately win and say we beat the top of the top and show that you're a big dog in the ACC, right? If, you, if you're looking at that game from a schedule perspective and where it falls, it's extremely important for Louisville extremely oh, yeah. important for Louisville oh, yeah. and it's a bar setter. It's a program momentum changing win for Scott Satterfield. It validates all of the recruiting things that's going on behind the scenes. And at this point, hopefully if you're beating Clemson, you're at a chance where you're winning nine, 10 games. So you're kind of over uh, expectations. Uh, so 
for me, that's the game that I think is the the most challenging. It's got the most on the line for Louisville. You can talk about Kentucky, but until Louisville shows you something in that game, you're going to just kind of assume Kentucky's going to win. I don't know if you feel that same way. No, I know it I hurts exactly to say that. Though, unfortunately. It, 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 hurts, it hurts to say that, but if you're realistic. But it's true. It, it's true. Kentucky has kind of shown, at least over the last few years, what they are versus what Louisville is. And don't is. forget so, that Clemson game, not to get off track, it is at Death Valley too. So it's it – is. It is. It's – you're right. I think that the the reason I think Clemson's so tough is because they're bringing so much back defensively. Now, the question obviously is, what is a Clemson defense going to look like without Mastermind Brent Venables coaching it up? So uh, we will get that. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see that early on. And in the quarterback situation for the Tigers as well, DJ Uagalele, I'm still not overly convinced. On him, I, I don't think he's the guy. It's really uh-huh. dependent on how good that uh, freshman quarterback is. I think it's Cade Klubnick is his name, uh, who, who's pretty solid, or at least he seems pretty solid. And camps and all this stuff can throw a very nice ball as well. Um, Clemson's tough. The the question before we head into the next segment, and this is um, you know kind of open for interpretation. Wake Forest and NC State are the two other teams on Louisville's schedule, kind of um, filling out the consensus. Uh, two of the top four put it that way mm-hmm. because you know there, some people have Pittsburgh up in that realm as well. I think honestly Wake Forest and um, NC State should fill out the top three along with the Tigers. If you got to pick uh, both of those games are at home by the way so note that right. um, which do you feel more confident in winning and why? Yeah I think for me it's Wake Forest. I think that from what I know uh, about Louisville from what I've seen on the field the last couple of years, Louisville, not that they have blown them out or that they've done anything special. Obviously they've lost a couple of times, but Louisville has been able to kind of uh, play against that weird style of offense. They've, they've kind of mastered being able to prepare for it. Um, you hear the stories from my co-host Vincent Lococo on what those weeks were like and how they prepped. You really get an understanding that those coaches know kind of how to go up against that and how to play against that. Now, execution is a different game, right? That's a completely different story. So for me, I think that Louisville showed last year from an execution standpoint, big picture, that they could compete against Wake Forest and really kind of uh, control that game, which they did for the majority of the time. But when you're talking about this Louisville team, the question is going to be every conversation I'm sure that you've had, every conversation we've had, every conversation that's being had about Louisville football is, but can they win when it matters? Can they make the play on fourth down? Can they make the play on third down? Can they get out of a, a jam on defense? You know, can they do everything that they haven't done the last couple of years when it comes to uh, executing and, and winning a game when it matters? So uh, I think for Wake Forest, right, the last year you were right there. You had that whole weird thing at halftime. Second half, you come back out, you still play good, but obviously you slip the, the game away and Wake Forest walks away victorious. I think that Louisville got kind of the, the game plan, the lay of the land, if you will, and I think that's the game that Louisville can come back this year, and I think they will win that game. NC State, I don't know. I felt good about it until they ended up, what, winning by 14 or whatever it was last year against Louisville. I know they kind of got a, that way. The game got away from them. They've got to replace a stud left tackle. They've got some other pieces on their offense they've got to replace, but I think by that point – they should be maybe the top team in the ACC. Yeah, that's going to be interesting to see. Uh, but I feel much better with Wake Forest. Right. No, I mean, I definitely agree. I think that it, it all kind of comes down to um, what what it kind of gets to to um, be able to really um, get in the instance to where you're – I mean, they looked better against Wake Forest last year, right? So right. Um, I, you know, I think that NC State at the end of the day w- was an instance to where it, it, it just didn't look good in that fourth quarter. 
Um, fourth quarter wise, they, they struggled uh, pretty heavily. Um, <laughs> there goes your backdrop, it, man. But, um, it's a it moving backdrop. Yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll um, transition over into the last segment, kind of talk about the, the biggest trip up games for, for all. Let's get out of here, Jacob. Um, main thing for me in this one, kind of uh, in terms of the whole schedule, you, you look at that second game, and I think that that's kind of what you're circling, right? Uh, at least in my opinion, because um, looking at this from an instance of, okay, first game, there's a lot of momentum riding on the line, that Syracuse game. The third game, if you can enter 2 0, well, then again, it's a little bit of a different story, right? But Central Florida is a team that not a lot of people are talking about, in my opinion, and, and we need to be. Gus Malzahn, yes, they lose Dylan Gabriel. They have brought in some other transfers. They have lost some, but at the end of the day, it, it is an instance where I think it's going to be a tough game. Yeah, I definitely think so. So, um, I mean, outside of Central Florida, um, people talk about the James Madison game. I mean, if that's a trip-up game to you, then – yeah, we're playing the wrong sport then at that point, right? You know, you're, you're talking about being in a different league if you're a Louisville uh, fan this year. You're not going to be the Louisville of the last couple of years. That game should be a 21-point victory easy. Right, and uh, in terms of, you know, the other ones, do you, do you really see, you know, that South Florida? I mean, South Florida, I mean, they were bad last year. Bad. Extremely bad. So in your opinion, you know, what, what's kind of, you know, maybe outside of Central Florida, what are kind of the big trip-up games for you outside of maybe like Syracuse if we haven't already divulged into it? Yeah, I think the Central Florida game is the one you kind of circle because you don't really know what they're going to be. <clears throat> Obviously, they played without Dylan Gabriel for most of last year after he went, you know, down with injury in that last play of the game against Louisville. Uh, but still, you don't know. Is John Reese Plumley the, the quarterback? Is it going to be Keen there? What what are they going to be like? They've got a ton of different transfers. They've got a ton of, of size. They've got speed. They kind of showed that. But Louisville beat them last year. And that's what I go back to when it comes to the Central Florida game. Louisville beat them. However, you're talking about I think they play six days – uh, with you know five day rest against Syracuse, you're on the road for the second week. You travel from Syracuse, New York, and then you're talking about going down all the way to Orlando. So you know you got to keep the guys focused there. That's a long road trip before they play that first home game week three. You know you've got a lot of young guys, but at this point you've got a lot of experienced guys. That's a game that you need to have those guys locked and ready in from a, a leadership standpoint. But overall, the other game I kind of look at is is BC. Uh, mm -hmm. Louisville has uh, gone back and forth with them the last couple of years, and they've won some, they've lost some. Uh, the games have been weird. There's been backup quarterback play. Uh, you've gotten to know guys like Dennis Grossell, who should never have been in a college football game. You know, obviously kidding, but uh, you, you got to see backups and backups and weird situations, tight ends and fullbacks. That's been a series where Louisville has uh, just goofed up, done weird things. The game's gotten to be high scoring when both teams have been teams that average 21 points a game. Um, and they get Jerkovic back. I love Jeff Halfley as a head coach. They've got Zay Flowers. They've got a talented defense. They're replacing some important pieces on the offensive line. But they're a team that I think that you would buy stock in in the ACC uh, if you could right now. And so, you know, Louisville should win. But that's a game where if you're not ready to go, you're going up to uh, Chestnut Hill and there's not a lot going on up there. Probably going to be about, you know, what, 2,000 fans. There's not a lot of buzz. You kind of got to create your own juice up there. So if you're not if you're not locked in, man, you you, you know you're not locked on. Yeah, you're you're not you're not going to be able to beat a team like that with that kind of coaching and the ability to make plays with a quarterback like Phil Jerkovich. Boston College is always a, a 50 50 game. I mean, j just take um, 2020, 2021. I've kind of compared them both side by side. A lot of it's taking care of the football. Uh, one year they did it, uh, and then 2021 was weird, where it seemed like both teams like 
turn the just ball over back and forth and back and forth. Yeah. And now granted, you know, I was at the game, it was extremely cold. Uh, weather was suboptimal, but at the end of the day, I mean, that's, that's no excuse. So, um, I mean, yeah, I mean, and don't forget a lot of people want to consider Boston college a, a straightforward win, but they were without their starting quarterback. And, you know, when he played, Obviously, you know, Boston College w- was a completely different animal. They do have Zay Flowers back, who, you know, caused some hit fits f- for the, the secondary last year. I-, I think the Louisville secondary is going to be better w- with some of the additions that they made. Um, but at the end of the day, it- it's still one of those things that begs me questions because Boston College is always pretty good offensive line, you know, speaking-wise. So, um, Jacob, obviously appreciate you for hopping on. Do me a favor before we get out of here. You have the floor for any parting thoughts and plug us into all your socials. Yeah, I think this is a year where you've got to to execute and win if you're Scott Satterfield. I've got different thoughts on the majority of the fan base on what happens if Louisville doesn't win. I worry about the wheels kind of falling off if Louisville starts slowly here. They don't get out and kind of get to that place of, of showing the growth. I, I really do. And so for me, I'm really watching with a close eye on whether they're going to be able to, to – uh, kind of right the wrongs from the last few years, making plays late in games and doing what they need to do. They've got the pieces to do it. Uh, and it, it really gets you juiced up when you think about how much talent they have on both sides of the ball. I think right. that this is going to be a fun year of football. I've got season tickets. I will be in the building for every single game this year. I expect big, big things for Louisville. Uh, it's going to be fun to, to really follow along after the, the crap we've kind of had to get through the last few years of content creators and fans obviously expecting more. Uh, but in terms of a content standpoint, first of all, I appreciate the plug earlier of the site and of the podcast. Stateoflouisville.com is where you can find us. A ton of great work there from Louisville baseball uh, to Louisville women's basketball, Louisville men's basketball. We've got a ton of great stuff going uh, right now on the site. The podcasts are all uh, kind of in this weird season of, of you know trying to find a, a groove of off-season content that's not just the same thing over and over again. So we've done some good episodes, like you just mentioned. We had Amani Spence on recently. Uh, we've gotten to sit down with Coach Lance Taylor. We've had several other guests on the football show. We've had uh, great guests on the Women's Basketball Podcast. So I, I would highly encourage you to follow us uh, on social media, the State of Lou, and be sure to check out stateoflouisville.com. Dalton, I can't thank you enough for having me on, man. Uh, congrats on all the success and everything you've, you've built here with the Locked On Show. Uh, you got a fan in me, and I just appreciate everything you do, man. Appreciate that a ton. Uh, as always, um, be sure to check out the Locked On Louisville podcast, free on all streaming services, five days a week on YouTube. Everything you need to know your team every day. That's going to wrap up this Tuesday edition of the show. Everyone have a great day. We will see you right back here tomorrow.